0: Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with Evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's Evangelist Nick. Don't you just feel a sweet presence of the Lord in this place? Amen. You can't sing about the anointing and the anointing not show up. You can't talk about it unless... Unless you're just dead. (laughs) Because the things of God are provoked by hunger and by thirst. And when you are lifting up the king of kings, he'll show up. The Bible says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Amen. I grew up... uh, My grandfather was a great tent uh, evangelist, at least great in my eyes, (laughs) but he was a tent evangelist, and he set up the tents for years, and I would hear his stories and everything, and you know, the one thing that uh, I remember sitting down and talking to him about one time uh, was the things of God, and he said, you know what, Nick, if you want Jesus to show up, just talk about him. If you want Jesus the healer to walk in the midst of, of the room, talk about Jesus the healer. If you want Jesus the Deliverer to, run, to come into the room, talk about Jesus the Deliverer. If you want Jesus the Savior to save people, talk about Jesus the Savior. Come on, it's all about Jesus. And when you talk about Jesus, something is going to take place. Amen. Something's going to happen when you talk about Jesus. Because I'm telling you, Jesus isn't buried in a grave and we're just worshiping him. No, Jesus died, but he was resurrected. Amen. And he lives forevermore. And if somebody's alive, that means they're going to show up and touch your life, change your life. Amen. Amen. Come on, Jesus, the anointed one. That's what Christ means. The anointing, fall on me. What anointing are we talking about? The anointing of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, the anointed. Amen. He's here. Amen. So you don't have to leave this place the same way you came. That's why I opened up in prayer that way. That was a key that I learned. Um, from great men of God, you don't have to leave the same way you came. Amen. Hallelujah. You can leave totally transformed. You can leave with a deposit from God. Who wants a deposit from God here tonight? Amen. I know you got to be hungry to come to church on a Sunday night. This is service number three. This is my first time ever doing three things on a Sunday, but I'm happy to do it because that's you're hungry. Because I see a lot of familiar faces from everything. And some new faces as well, amen. And some people from Bethlehem, which I'm happy they're here. Hallelujah. I love them dearly. But that, that shows me you're hungry. Amen. And every single night is gonna grow from tonight. Monday is gonna grow. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Can you say amen? Why? Because everywhere Jesus went, there it started small, but it began to grow. Why? Because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But forget about tomorrow, forget about Tuesday. What about right now? Come on, you're a select group of people who said, you know what, I, I could have stayed in the bed. I could have, I could have decided not to, not to get out. I wanted to- Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you could have been that person who said, you know what, I want to just watch Sunday night football or whoever's playing. Even The Eagles aren't even playing this week. What a great weekend to be preaching. Everybody should be here. Amen. <laughs> They're off. But you could have decided, you know what, I'll just stay home. You know, it's a little cold. You know, I'll just drink my tea. I'll turn it on YouTube and just sit there and watch. And really, you're not watching. You're doing something else. But hey, I'm getting your attention right now. It's time to start watching. Hallelujah. But you said, no, I got to be in the house of God on Sunday night because I'm hungry, because I'm thirsty, because I'm desperate for a God. Can you say amen? And I believe I'm in a room full of people who's hungry, who's thirsty, you're not part of the status quo church who says, you know what, ah, I'll pick maybe Thursday, I'll go to church, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday night, uh, ah, I won't go. No. You're a group of people who's saying, you know what, if the doors are open, I'm gonna be there. And guess what? Jesus is here now. You might get something tonight that you wouldn't have gotten on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. Amen. I mean, you gotta catch it when it's there. Can you say amen? Hallelujah, like Pastor was telling me, we're just the vessel that God's using. You know, you might think, oh, it's got to come through this individual, and it's not the individual, it's the one on the inside of them, but still, it might be tonight that would be your night of breakthrough. Tonight might be that night that Jesus actually comes through for you, just like you've always been praying and believing, can you say amen? Not that he's been slack concerning his promise, but you know what, tonight is your night. Everybody say, tonight's my night. You're not leaving the same way you came. Amen. You're not going to encounter God tonight and leave the same. It's impossible. Hallelujah. Because the anointing of God is here. Amen. I mean, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is flowing through this place. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I mean, I feel a river flowing through this place. Can you say amen? Come on, things float down river. You got to grab it before it passes you you got to grab a hold of it. How do you reach out? You reach out with your hunger. You reach out with your thirst. And it's like a magnet for God. And boom, when he sees somebody who's hungry and thirsty, he's going to fill them up. He's going to fill them up. He's going to pour it on them. Come on. He's going to pour out blessing on you. He's going to pour out healing on you. He's going to pour out deliverance on you. Come on. He's going to pour out breakthrough on you. Why? Because the anointing of the Holy Ghost is here. Can you say amen? amen? My God, I feel it. You would think the place is packed because it is in Jesus name. Glory. Come on, Jesus is here. That excites me. I'm excited cuz Jesus is here. Glory to God. Jesus is here. Jesus. I mean just saying Jesus. You could just boom. It just it's exploding on the inside of me. Jesus. 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 <laughs> Jesus. My God. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. That's not just a name we tack on at the end of our prayer for our our nice McDonald's meal that we got for lunch. I think only the name of Jesus can sanctify that meal. And even then, I'm not sure. Probably not. But there's power in that name. The name above every name that every name that is named has to bow to that name of Jesus. Every tongue has to confess. Every president who died is going to confess Jesus Christ as Lord whether they want to or not. Every politician, every business owner, every single individual at one day is going to call upon that name or at least confess that he is Lord and bow their knee whether they're going to heaven or not. Every person will confess Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. Devils Get afraid when you mention the name of Jesus. Sickness and disease begins to tremble when you mention the name of Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Come on, you can't get in the presence of God and leave different, or leave the same, I should say, or get worse. Absolutely not. You're going to get better and better and better. Amen. You're going to get happier and happier and happier. Hallelujah. You're going to get more blessed and more blessed and more blessed. Why? Because that's what happens when you get around God. Come on, you become the person you hang around the most. Why not hang around God the most? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, are you excited here tonight? I know I am. I just came excited, ready to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me. We'll get into the Word of God here tonight. In the book of Mark, chapter 5. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to challenge every person listening to me tonight to believe God like he's God. I want you to think about that for a second. Believe God like he's actually God. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? You know, I have a son. He's one years old. And so right now we have these songs playing over and over and over and over again in our homes. And uh, they're the children's Bible songs or whatever. And there's a song that goes, my God is so big, he's so strong, he's so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, he's so strong, he's so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Hey, come on. I love that song. Isn't it a great song? It's so catchy. I just find myself waking up at 3 a.m. My God, it is so big because it's just on repeat over and over. They got 3 million views on it, and I think 2.5 million is my house because it's over and over and over and over. But it's, it's great to have that in your spirit. Amen? I'd rather have that rolling around in my head than some of this garbage that's pumped out from the world. But when I hear that, and I, and I, I hear that, I mean, there, that's so profound. Our God is so big. He's so strong. He's so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And we're teaching that to our son. But, you know, we need to believe God like he's God. I mean, God is so big. I mean, think about it. When you walked out of this place, when you could see the sky and everything, my father created that. He created the sky. He created the trees. He created the grass. I travel a lot now, and he created every state I've ever been to, every country. He created the whole world. Do You think about that, the sun, the moon, the stars, God. Does anybody believe in God here tonight, the, God, the real God? Think about that for a second. He's so big. He's so mighty. There's nothing he cannot do. He's so big, he created all the the universe, yet he's so small that he can live on the inside of each one of us by the Holy Spirit. Powerful. Do you know God lives in you? The Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen. That means when you walked in, God walked in. Amen. Amen. And when we come together like this for a week of revival, that's why things get amplified. Because it's like we're all just putting our focus on God, and that's when God shows up the most. Amen. But you know what? It's not just about another meeting per se, because the same God who lives in me lives in you. And that He's a big, big God. He's a big God. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. There's nothing he cannot do. I'm, I'm telling you. But we got to get back to believing that. Amen. And so Mark chapter 5 verse 21, I want to read a story about a woman who finally caught a glimpse of a God who can do the impossible. Amen. Amen. Verse, Mark chapter 5, verse 21, the Bible says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, My daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. I want you to pause right there for a second and think about this. Here's a man, Iris. His daughter's about to die. And how many of you who have had kids, when your kid's not feeling well, you're willing to do anything and everything to get them to feel well again. And that's when this man heard about Jesus and said, this is a man who can solve my problem. And so he went to Jesus. And at this point, this man must have only seen Jesus lay hands on people, and, and they got healed, and that's what Jesus did a lot of times. So he said, will you just come and lay your hands on my daughter so that she may be made well? And he said, yes. Now, Jesus was a celebrity. When he, once the miracles started taking place, Jesus was like a, he's a celebrity. Multitudes followed him. So the minute he left the, wherever he was at, the people were like like the paparazzi. There goes Jesus. Run at him right now. We got to get to Jesus. We would do that today if he was still walking the earth. I know we would. You would care, who cares about LeBron James and Taylor Swift and everyone else if Jesus is walking around? Forget them. You know what I'm saying? There will be far more people. wouldn't be enough stadiums to, to fill for Jesus. And it still should be the same today because he's here by the Holy Ghost. Amen? But if he was physically here. And so that's what happened. And then the people began to follow him. And the Bible uses the word he thronged him. Or that's, that's where everybody is, they're so tight, they're so close that literally you, you had to just shimmy your way through the crowd. If you've ever been to Times Square before uh, COVID, I remember going one time um, in the summertime, at least my first experience in, in Times Square. It was so packed, we had to literally like hold hands with our group of people that we were with just to not lose each other and we had to shimmy our way through this giant crowd. It was so packed. And when I read that, I think of that experience that I had where, where we had to move our way through, and so that's what's happening. Now, as I'm walking through this, surely I'm bumping into all these people. And so think, I want you to picture yourself Jesus walking through something like that because that's what's happening. And he's on his way to lay hands on this dying daughter. Now, verse 25 says this. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So now, as Jesus is going to lay hands on Jairus' daughter, this, that was his mission right? in that moment. There's a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, and she had spent all of her money to get better, but she actually grew worse. She was getting worse by by the day. You know, we're seeing that here in America, where people are doing everything they possibly can on 10 different medications, 20 different pills every single morning, doing everything they can to get get well, but they're not getting well. They're actually getting worse. She was doing everything she could, and she was getting so bad. Now, I guarantee this woman here, she had a life before all this took place, right? Right? And so now she is probably in her lowest of lows. Some people are in the lowest of lows, maybe even here tonight. I don't know everybody here. But she was at her lowest of lows. She probably wanted to believe in God, but she was so bad shape, she's like, I don't even know if I could believe in God. I don't even know what's even going on in my life. I'm doing everything I can. I'm spending all my money. I'm I'm striving to get this thing fixed, and nothing is, is. She's just getting worse and worse and worse. Now, I want you to see what happens here because everything's about to change for this woman. Amen? So they're pressing through the crowd. She hears something here. Verse 27, but when she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, come on, think about your life. When you heard about Jesus, come on, when you heard about the Savior, everything changed. When you heard about Jesus, when you hear about Jesus, things are about to change when you begin to go after Jesus. And she had to get up and go after him because the, then she goes and says, she came behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. So she, she heard about Jesus. And all of a sudden, I believe, if, we, look, if we, we just look and imagine maybe what this woman was going through so we can relate a little bit, because we're gonna get back to believing God. Because God wants you to believe him because he is God. He's so big, he's so strong, he's so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. And she heard about Jesus. She came in and touched his clothes. And before she did all that, and we, many of you have heard this story before, you know where it's headed. But I want you to think about 12 years prior to when she didn't have the issue of blood. You know, I guarantee, we don't know how old she is, and I'm sure there's a theologian who can tell me they know exactly how old she is, but we don't care tonight about any of that. <laughs> but I guarantee, 12 years before, she had friends. She had a, maybe had a family. Maybe had kids. Maybe had a husband. Maybe went out all the time to the Jerusalem mall and shopped around for the best nude camel seat or whatever, or had Jerusalem Amazon where they were constantly bringing her another package of whatever, just like most modern day husbands. Next thing you know, there's my Amazon at the door again. Oh, my wife ordered something else. <laughs> and she had a life. She was going around. She was spending time with people. She was She had a life. She was going out to eat, and and everything was fine. But then all of a sudden, the issue of blood began to take place. And in those times, if you had an issue like she had, you had to be quarantined outside of the city until that thing dried up and was, was cured. Otherwise, you had to be set alone to be by yourself. And the Bible says that she had this issue for 12 years. That's a long time. And so for 12 years, she was just wanting some type of hope so she can get out of this mess and get back to the life that she had. That's why she spent all that she had. Why? Because you don't spend money like that and try to get well. Yes, you want your body well, but there's so much more attached to you feeling better than just feeling better. How about the life you used to have? How about the friends you used to have? How about the things you used to do? Amen. Ask any athlete who is who is a really good athlete and they hurt themselves, they can't wait to get healed so they can play again. Because they actually don't, they don't, they can care less that it hurts right now. They just want to play basketball again or they just want to play football again. See, their hope is in the fact that they can get back to what they had. See, Jesus is a restorer. He'll restore that which was lost. And she lost a lot. She lost more than the blood coming out of her body. She lost more than 12 years. She could have lost 12 years with, with her son, 12 years with her daughter, 12 years with her mother, father, husband. What if she had a husband? She definitely lost her husband. Is that's a long time to not see your wife or see her from a distance. See, this woman had lost everything, but she heard about Jesus. She heard about a God, and hope began to come back. The Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. See, the devil wants to steal your hope so your faith will not work. Amen. Oral Roberts would put it this way. You have to see the invisible until, so you can do the impossible. You have to see the miracle before you see the miracle. See, when she heard about Jesus, the, I. this is just me speaking, but I believe the flashbacks of going to the mall in Jerusalem, hanging out with her family, doing all the things that she said ga- she gave up on began to come back alive in her. And she began to say, guess what? I had no hope, but now I have hope. My hope is in this man named Jesus, and I'm even willing to die for it just to get to the hem of his garment so I can be healed. Because that's what would have happened. If she would have got caught before she touched the hem of his garment and got caught by somebody else, she would have been stoned to death. So she was willing to die for what she believed in. Come on, it's time to get back to that mentality and that attitude that we are willing to die for Jesus. Amen. I'm not talking about being stupid, but it's like, do we believe that God is so big, he's so strong, he's so mighty, are we just lying to our kids? That's a kid song. That challenges me. Do I play this for Charlie because I actually believe it? Think about it for a second, guys. And her hope came alive. See, some of y'all right now, your hope needs to come back alive. Some of the people who didn't come back from this morning, their hope was totally crushed, and tonight was their night for their hope to come back alive, for their faith to come through. But guess what? You're here tonight, and your hope's going to come back alive, and God's going to come through for you. Come on. Whatever's been stolen by the devil is coming back sevenfold in Jesus' name. The hope is going to be restored. Can you say amen? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, the Bible says. But a good word bringeth forth life. And a good word is the word. Jesus, when she heard about the word, when she heard about Jesus, things began to come back alive on the inside. See, God always does the work in you before he does it through you. See, she had to see herself totally whole before she was whole. Amen. She had to see herself whole. And the Bible goes on to say, that she touched the, she came behind him, touched the crowd. For she said, "If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well." So she said it because she believed it. The Bible says, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak." So out of her mouth, that's what she really believed. See, the I'm a I, I believe in the word of faith movement and in the word of faith doctrine, but at the same time, the Bible says, "If you, if you say into this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and what?" Doubt not in your heart. so it's not saying, 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 saying it's going to happen. It's actually believing in your heart with what you're saying. So really the believing takes first first before the saying takes place. We got it backwards where we're saying, 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 trying to convince ourselves to be believing when really we just need to be saying what we believe and then acting upon it. Because she didn't just say it, it tells us that she touched his hymn and then it tells us that's what, what she was saying. Amen. Because what you really believe is how you'll really act. Amen. If you believe God's a, God will uh, give back, press down, shaken together, running over, you'll be a giver. You don't just say it, you do it. Amen. If you believe that God is uh, a savior, and talked about soul winning and all that, then you'll share your faith. If you believe God's a healer, like Pastor was pr- talking about in the second song and the opening, then you'll actually take your hands and lay your hands on somebody and believe God that they'll be healed. There's an action that follows. Amen. So she said, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I may be made well. It goes on to say in verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 30, now Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. Talked about the anointing, singing about it. That's what that was. The anointing came out of him. Now, remember, Jesus is walking through the crowd. People are touching him like crazy. Not even trying to touch him. He's 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 shimming through. Peter's about to knock out the next guy in front of him because he's trying to be an armor bearer, and that's how Peter is, right? You touch my savior, you're going down. I mean, he probably he probably knocked down about 20 guys on the way through that crowd. Absolutely not. You're not touching Jesus. I mean, you've been to some, I've been to some churches, you know, the security looks scary. Don't want to mess with that guy. I think that's how Peter was. He's probably just. Don't you look at Jesus the wrong way or else, boom, we're taking you out. Then you got James and John who wants to call down fire on a city. They probably wanted to call fire down on that crowd (laughs) because they were in the way. And so the Bible says immediately knowing in himself power. Why? Because when your faith, I talked about hunger and thirst tonight. You're hungry, you're thirsty. How do you pull on God by being hungry, saying, God, come and do something in me. Come and do the work in me. You're pulling on God. Amen. And so the anointing came out, he touched, she touched the clothes. In verse 31, or verse 30, Jesus said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? I guarantee, it doesn't say that was Peter, but I guarantee it was. What the heck are you talking about, Jesus? And then the Bible says, he looked around to see her who had done this, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, a lot of times, especially i preached this before, but we preach dominantly on the woman with the issue of blood, which we should. And you can receive your healing tonight. But there's a guy named Jairus who's in the middle of seeing all this, and his daughter is dying. Think about it for a second. His daughter is on her deathbed. And he's Jesus is now getting slowed up already through the crowd. So he's probably aggravated at that point, getting nervous, getting worried. Is he gonna make it on time? And now he has to stop and deal with this woman who just got healed. And so he, you know, if you if that was your kid, you would have been like, Praise God, woman, I'm glad you're healed, but come on, let's get going. Right? Let's just be honest. And I was starting to think about J. Iris. And, you know, that's where so many believers are. They're, they're seeing everyone else get their miracle, and they're wondering, God, come on, come and get mine. Where's mine? Where's mine? Come on. And it just feels like you're, you're just trying to, you know, just, you're just pushing through and pushing through, and you're seeing everybody else, and, and you just are wondering, God, come on, get to me. I'm here to encourage you today. God is getting to you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You just got to believe. Amen, I don't wanna get ahead of myself. So here he is, verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogues whose house had said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble any further? So, okay, all of a sudden he's nervous already and now here comes somebody. Here comes the wet blanket. Here comes the one person who wants to put your miracle out, tell you it's too late, tell you that Jesus can't do it, tell you that your God is not so big, your God is not so strong, your God is not so mighty. Your miracle, your your what you've been hoping and believing for is dead. Come on, we all we can think of one person who's even in the church, unfortunately, who's coming around and say, "Well, I really that was a really nice breakthrough that you had, but I mean, now it's going to be this and this and this, and that. I don't know. You're probably not going to make it. You're, uh, you know. I had an aunt who had the same thing as her, and you know, she lost her healing after two weeks. I don't know if it's going to last. Absolutely not. We ain't putting up with that. Absolutely not. That's the nicest way I can put it. Amen. So here they come, and they're just telling the truth. That's the thing. They came and told the truth. She died. It wasn't a lack of faith. She literally is dead. But they tried to take Jesus out of the equation. They tried to take God out of the equation. Why trouble the teacher any further? when really he is the resurrection and the life. Why take God out of the equation? That's what people in America are trying to do. Guess what? You know, they're dead now. Medical science has failed. Uh, don't worry. Don't go to God anymore. We don't need it. No, run to God and not from him. That's part of the soul winning script. Run to God. J.I. should have just, I mean, I'm about to tell you what Jesus said in a second, but he should have looked at that guy and said, I'm going to Jesus. But you see, the the devil wants to sow doubt and unbelief into your life so that you never actually see God do anything for you. And so as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, see, I love, see, Jesus, he was, everything was going on around him. I mean, so much. We were talking before service how there's so many different details and things happening. But, see, that was happening to Jesus, but he was so attentive, he was hearing what they said. He was listening, and before anybody else could say another word, look what Jesus said. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe, and that's your word here tonight. Do not be afraid, only believe, amen, do not be afraid, only believe, Come on, it's time for your hope to come back. It's time to believe in Jesus again. It's time to put our attention and fix our attention back on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Before they left to go into that crowd, Jesus agreed that he would heal that that girl. You think God would double-cross his promise to that guy? He already agreed to do it. He will do it. Amen. And so Jesus, before that guy could abandon his faith and put his faith in in man, Jesus heard it and he said, do not be afraid, only believe. You know, there's a song that says, only believe, only believe, all things are possible, only believe. I'm not that great a singer, but you get the gist. Only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Only believe. God's not asking for you to pay for it. God's not asking for you to do. He's not asking you to even do the miracle. He's asking for you to believe. them. Believe. Only believe. And as kids, it's easy. But as adults, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher because everybody in the world is out there to beat your believing out of you. Everybody's out there. Even, um, sadly, people in the church are trying to get you not to believe. Well, I know the Bible says God's a provider, but what are you going to do? Believe God. What are you talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? Well, I know God's a healer, but I don't know. Are you going to get healed? Yeah, I'm believing. (laughs) Only believe. Do not be afraid. Don't abandon your faith for some nonsense knucklehead, Amen. Rather, put your faith in God and let God silence every knucklehead in your life. Can you say Amen? I mean, sometimes I feel like that's what God is doing in our in infancy of our ministry. Is God is just silencing every voice that would say you, you're never going to make it. <laughs> And if you're going to do anything for God, you're going to have plenty of those people who say you're never going to make it. But it doesn't come off like you're never going to make it. They're going to say, you know, you probably should have plan B, C, D, E, and F. But they're not saying you're not going to make it, but they're basically saying you're not going to make it. Well, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, the economy's down and everything like that. Only believe. What are you talking about? See, when God puts it in your heart and you see it, you got to hold on to it with everything in you because it's a seed from God. And the Bible says the word is sown, and the devil tries to come immediately to steal that which was sown. He's, he's trying to rip what God has put in you out of you. Amen because you hear a message on healing and you need healing in your body and immediately after you hear about the healing power of God there's there's some seed try to sow to rip that out of you to say you know what you may not get healed and just don't bother absolutely not you can be healed for by his stripes you were healed only believe in Jesus the healer he's not asking you to do the miracle he's asking you to believe for it that's my that's our job as Preachers, to get you to believe God. You understand that? Faith comes by, hearing by. We preach the word. Not to be like, wow, what a great word this morning. That's a really good word. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But no, it's for faith to come alive in your heart, for you to see God come alive in your life. Only Believe only believe. That's the word of the Lord here tonight. Only believe. Only believe. The Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Only believe. That mean, You know what that means? It means keep believing. You know, Journey, they have a good song out. It's been out for a long time. It's called Don't Stop Believing. I know that's a secular song, but you know what? That's The church needs to play that more than what they play sometimes. They'd be better off playing Journey. (laughs) Don't stop believing. Hold on till you get your miracle. Change the lyrics. They'd be better off. Because now they're saying even if the miracle doesn't come, that's okay. Absolutely not. The miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, that's the God we serve. Amen. He's coming through. I'm telling you right now. You're going to make it. He's coming through. You're going to hold your miracle in your hand. Can you say amen? It's not going to be a long time. It's going to be a short amount of time. You're going to hold your miracle in your hand. And every voice of the devil is going to be silenced. And you won't even have to say anything to him. All you have to do is just hold it up and say, look at this. Only believe. David had an understanding of that. They, the Israelite army forgot that they, they had a big God. Our God is so big, he's so strong, he's so mighty, but Goliath is too much bigger than him. They might as well have sung that song. But David showed up and said, what the heck is going on here? We serve a big God. He doesn't defy us as a people. He defies the living God of Israel. And he said, guess what? If none of you guys are gonna take care of it, I'll take care of it. And then he stood there and lifted up that head of Goliath and everybody had to take notice that David slew Goliath. That a one little young boy... Come on, he. What did David do besides just believe and and sling that rock? Come on, many of us could have slung. Probably did the same thing. We were playing around when we were five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, slinging at squirrels and killing them and birds and everything else. You know what I'm saying? No hunting license, so we hit it quickly, cooked up the squirrels. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But if you did, I mean. By all means, squirrel soup. (laughs) I don't know if that would be any good. Anybody ever had that before? He did. It's no good. I I would say it's no good too. (laughs) But David, David believed God. All he did was believe And then he got down there, and his actions proved that he believed, and he slung that rock, the Goliath fell, and he cut the head of Goliath off. Because of why? Because he he believed in a God who was so strong, who was so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. Come on, it's time to believe God again. Come on, it's time to believe God again, that God is big, that God can do the miraculous, that God can heal every sickness and disease, that God can deliver every person in bound and perversion and, and all this nonsense, that God can deliver a generation that's twisted and upside down. Come on, all we have to do is believe in a God that's alive. You don't got any trouble like R.W. R. Shambach said. You don't got any trouble. All you need is faith in God. And faith is believing that God said what he said and he meant what he said. Hallelujah. And he'll come through. Amen. Because he's a big God. Now Iris, he received a rebuke from Jesus, but thank God for that because everything dead in his life came right back alive. Because in that moment when he heard your daughter's dead, more than just his daughter died, Part of him died. I mean, that was his daughter. But Jesus came to resurrect everything from his life. Because when that woman came back, that daughter came back. Life came back to Iris. Life came back to that family. Come on, God's not just interested in only you coming back to life. He's interested in your family. He's interested in those around you. He's interested in your kids getting on fire for God. He's interested in you being an example. Can you say Amen. Because they're going to see that you believe a big God. And they're going to want to serve a big God. Amen. Only believe. Only believe. Come on, what are you going through tonight that you need from God? Only believe. What's going on in your body? that the doctors say, you know what, There's, there's nothing we can do? Only believe. Come on, you can pull on it right now. You don't have to wait on the, I don't have to get a, 50-gallon bucket of oil and dump it over your head and you get healed, we're not waiting on that. You can get it right in your seat because you just believe. See, Jesus is here. He's walking up and down. Come on, he's dropping answers on some of y'all. Saying, man, I wasn't believing here, now I'm just gonna start believing. Oh, yeah, I remember God showed me this big thing that I was gonna do in my life, and now, oh, it's coming back to me now because I guess I just stopped believing. But now you're believing again. Now you're seeing it again, and if you can see it and you can believe it, you're going to hold it in your hand. That's what this woman, she saw it, she believed it, and then she held her healing in her hand. Come on. It's time to believe God again. Hallelujah. That's what I love. I I love church history. I love reading about all that because I read about men and women of God who, who truly, truly believed that there was a God. Amen. And not to be like superstars. They didn't do it for that. But they were an example. They were pioneers who went before us. So now we can look back and say, you know what? If God came through for them, God will come through for me. If God did it back then, God will do it right now. Why not right now? Amen. But God is looking throughout the earth to show himself strong on someone's behalf. In other words, God's looking throughout the earth to find someone who will believe him. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to start believing God bigger. Hallelujah. You're going to start believing God for more. You're going to start because why? The Bible says He's able to do exceeding abundant above all we can ask or think. Come on, that's the God we serve. You, you, you start believing in God saying it's going to be bigger than that. It's going to be more than that. It's going to be exceeding abundant above. According to the power at work within you, according to the Spirit of God who lives on the in you, on the inside of you. That's why man, I feel it. That's why you, you got to let your imagination with God be, be big. Oral Roberts had a thing on his desk that said, no small plans here. You're not making small plans. You got big plans. God wants to do big things with you. Amen. And you're running a race. It's you. You against you. The Bible says comparing yourself among yourselves is unwise. We're not running against each other. We're all on the same team. But everybody's got to start somewhere. Come on, you, every, it doesn't matter your age. you got to start somewhere. And as you can start believing God for the little, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and God expands your vision more and more and more. And it gets bigger and bigger, but you've got to start where you're at. Some of y'all, your problem is so big to your eyes that if it's literally like if we pick this thing up... And if this was your problem, if you stared at it long enough, you know what happens? You get tunnel vision. And so you all you see is this. But behind this is such a big God, it makes this thing look so dinky. How many been on an airplane before? How many seen videos of people on an airplane before, if you haven't flown on one? Well, I'm on an airplane a lot now, and as, I'm, as we're up at the highest peak and you can still see the city, I'm always just looking down thinking, everything looks so small. It looks like a little Lego land down there. It's just tiny, but we know it's not. But th- see, that's God's perspective on your problem in your life. It, your problem is so, so small because he's looking, he's looking down thinking, why are they so hung up on that thing? All they got to do is just believe me, and I'll take care of that thing. But they're just so focused because we got the tunnel vision of the problem when we need to have a tunnel vision on the God that we have. Because when we look at God, he's so big, he's so strong, our problems begin to fade. And eventually, he'll come and crumble those problems up and throw those problems away. Can you say amen? Because our hope is in God. And our faith is in God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Tonight, I'm mainly, I mean, it's faith, but I'm talking about hope tonight. Come on, hope's got to come back. Hope's got to come back before faith is ever going to work. Faith will not work without hope. And hope will not make faith work on its own either. You need both. But if you can't see yourself coming out of where you're at now, you'll never come out. But God is saying, look, just put your faith in me. You're going to come out on the other side okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah, it might have been 12 years of you pressing through, but in one instant, God can come and boom, He could deliver you out of everything. Amen. One swipe of the check and $600,000, somebody could come and throw it down on pastor's desk and it's totally taken care of, the mortgage is paid. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That's the stuff I'm talking about. All we got to do is believe. Now, we're not going to be confessing, Lord, you know, confessing, 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 making that happen. No. Our faith is, is, Lord, this thing's going to be paid off however you want to pay it off. Or whatever your situation is, it's going to be taken care of, Lord, because if I sit here and think of 10 ways God's going to do it, God will come up with number 11. Because he wants all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. So you might as well just chalk it up to, I don't know how this is going to get done, but I know it's going to get done. Because my God is going to take care of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean you're irresponsible. Doesn't mean you're an idiot and just get into presumption and foolishness. No, you're walking in faith. You're doing your due diligence. You're having responsibility. But at the end of the day, your faith is that God can do the supernatural in my life. God can do the super abundant, far more than above. I can ask or think according to the power at work within him. Because he's able. He's able. He's able and willing that's the thing if you understand that god is not he's not withholding anything he's he's just waiting for people to come alive to in faith for him God doesn't have superstars. It might look like it on social media that, wow, God's really blessing this person, really doing this. And the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. They just might have a little bit more believing and have a little bit more obedience to what God is telling them to do in their life. But if you want to go as far with God as you want to go, he'll go as far as you want him to go with him. The ball's in our court. Amen. Hallelujah. In America, we don't really like to put the ball in our court. We want to keep it in God's court. God, please do it. God, please do it. I talked about it in soul winning. We want to pray, 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 but we don't want to go, go, go. So we we can't disguise. We can't hide behind prayer. We gotta we gotta pray like it all depends on God. But we gotta get up and go like it all depends on us. Amen. Because the breakthrough comes and the and the the miracle happens as you go. Think about Jesus for with the five thousand and the loaves. He lifted up the bread. He broke it into the same amount into the 12 disciples' hands. And if they didn't start going and multiplying it, it never would have multiplied. It's not like the cartoon where they lifted it up and poof, there was all the bread and all the fish. The Bible says that the disciples started distributing what was given to them, and it began to multiply as they went. Amen. Amen. So you got to just start obeying God's word, doing what God says to do, doing what the Bible says to do, and as you go, as your hope comes alive, that as I step out and do what the Bible says, I, ha- I already know the end result because hope is alive. I can see it in my spirit. I can see with the eyes that pass all understanding. I can see with God's eyes, and I can see the miracle in my hand before I have it in my hand. Amen. And then, and then once you have it, it's like you've always had it. That's why the Bible says, uh, when you pray, believe that you have received. Amen. That's why some people, when they get their miracle, they're not really that surprised because they already celebrated 10 months before they had it. They already had it 10 months ago, just waiting on somebody to be obedient. Amen waiting on the right timing from God, waiting on the, what, you know, God is God is moving so many different pieces, doing so many different things uh, for your behalf. Amen. And it's kind of like that, that uh, meme that they have with the guy with the uh, digging for gold or digging for diamonds, and he just gives up right before he gets it. and He turns around, but the other guys just keep going, keep going, keep going. You're going to hold it in your hand if you just don't quit. Amen. And what keeps you going is the hope of the word of God, the hope of the gospel. Why do we, we keep going out telling people about Jesus preaching? Us as preachers, we get up and keep preaching because we have the hope of Jesus coming back, the hope of heaven, the hope of, of the gospel. That's why we preach. Otherwise, we already got saved. We saved. Amen. So it's like, that's a wrap. We can go home. But no, there's a hope. There's a hope that more people will be saved. There's a hope that this nation can be saved. There's a hope that your city can be saved. There's a hope. There's a hope. The devil's a hope thief. He wants to steal your hope. So Then your faith won't work. Amen. But your hope's coming alive tonight. You're going to see through the eyes of the Spirit again. You're going to see the impossible. You're going to do the impossible. You're going to see the invisible to do the impossible. You're going to to step out and do things that you've been hesitant on for so long, and you're going to step out and see God come through for you because you're believing God. You're not just going to hear another testimony from another great speaker who tells you about everything that they have. You're going to have your own testimony. You're going to be coming to your pastor saying, Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Amen. If anyone's going to get a miracle, you're going to get your miracle. If anybody's going to have it, you're going to have it. Amen. Hallelujah. you got to be sometimes selfish with these things in a healthy way. Like, God, I don't care if the person to my left is getting it or the person to my right. I don't care if my brother gets it, my mom gets it, my dad gets it, my sister gets it, my great, 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 great aunt gets it or whoever. I'm getting it because I'm believing you. Amen. And then your life will be a testimony to those around you. And they'll surely say, if God could do it for them, God can do it for me. Amen. Hallelujah. You'll have to to fight through the wet blankets. You'll have to fight through uh, the the discouragements. You'll have to fight through the guy who says, "Don't, don't go any further. Your dream is dead. And you have to look at that thing and say, absolutely not. Life in Jesus' name. Come back in Jesus' name. When something comes around and gives you a curveball, you turn around and you hit that thing out into the right field. Is that where you're supposed to hit it? Wherever you want. Or left field. and Right field, yeah. Kind of curves that way. That's what you got to do with life. See, you're going to be challenged. You're going to have things happen, guys. Just the reality. But you're always going to come out on top if you're in faith. You're always going to hit the ball if you're in faith. Amen. Hallelujah, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. Only believe. I keep, I sound like a broken record up here, but I'm trying to drill that into your spirit tonight. Only believe. Only believe. Because things are going to happen, and you're going to be like, Jesus. If if that's all that comes out, that's the best thing that could come out. Jesus. Jesus. And then you got to look at that thing and say, be thou removed. Say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and doubt not in your heart, but believe those things as you say. It will be totally removed out of your life. But that's what's got to come out of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you're believing. Hallelujah. Come on. God knows your address. God knows where you live. God knows how to get it to you. Hallelujah. God knows exactly where you are in Pennsylvania, if that's your home. He knows your address. He knows everything about you. There's nothing God does not know about you. Amen. And God will do it. God will do it. If anything, I came here to encourage you tonight that God will do what everyone else says God will not do. Amen. God will do it just to show them that he can do it and will do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I was thinking of a... When we were in healing school in Bethlehem, and uh, Minister Robert was playing the song, uh, Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Oh, I believe you're the wonder-working God. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen, you're too good to not believe And he started singing that song, and I'm telling you, it was a transition period, I think, or something like that. And I grabbed the microphone, and I said, he's too good not to not believe. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I said, don't you tell me he can't do it. I just kept saying that for like 30 minutes, it felt like. I just said, don't you tell me he can't do it. Just started calling people out and just, don't you tell me he can't do it. They're falling out, all that. I mean, I just, it exploded on the inside of me because don't tell me my God can't do it. You can tell everybody else that God can't do it, but God's going to do it for me. Can you say amen? Don't tell me God can't do it. Don't tell me God can't heal cancer. Don't tell me God can't provide for you. Don't tell me God can't raise the dead, cleanse the leper, heal the sick. Don't tell me I've seen too much. Don't tell me that. Amen. you got to have that attitude. Don't tell me he can't. I mean, even if you gotta look at yourself in the mirror because you yourself is trying to tell you that he can't do it. You gotta look yourself in the mirror and say, don't tell me he can't do it. I mean, you gotta just say it over and over again. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Mind, get in line with God's word. Get in line with my God. Come on, you gotta have that. I'm not letting go until God comes through for me. Amen. Like Jacob had when he began to wrestle God. He was wrestling the Lord. All night, the Bible says, and he said, I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. That's the attitude you have to have with everything in the Bible. God, I'm not letting go until you save my family. I'm not letting go until my kids are saved, until my grandkids are saved, until every aunt and uncle is saved. Lord, I'm standing on your word. I'm praying that you'll send forth labors upon their path, and I'm going after everyone else's family until they get saved. That's the attitude you have. Amen. I'm telling you, watch by one after one after one after one. Same with healing. Don't you gotta grab a hold of it? And say, God, I'm not letting go until you heal me. And if you and it, I'm gonna go to heaven regardless. But guess what? I'm getting my healing now because you're not done with me on this earth. You're not done with me, Lord. I'll win more souls than I've ever had. Heal my body. I mean, you get the, I'm not letting go, God, until you touch me. I mean, they had that in the 50s. They had that. A. A. Allen was saying, you know, come on, I'm not letting go until these people are all out of their stretchers, until every person's healed under this tent. Come on, R. W. Shambok had the same thing. I'm not letting go until God comes through for my generation. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not giving up on my generation. God's going to come through and turn this thing around. I don't care what it looks like. God is going to save this generation. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. All the boys can start wearing skirts and have long hair, but God's going to turn it around. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, don't tell me God's not going to touch this generation. Don't tell me God's not going to turn this thing around. Amen. I'm going to be the vessel. You know what? It could just be me and Jesus standing there, but they, they can say, like they told Dr. Rodney, there he goes, just him and God. But, yeah, if God on my side, that's a majority. If you, God before you, who can be against you? Come on. Hallelujah. And this ain't just a young preacher being young. I'm telling you, some of your older saints, you're going to get refired tonight. Come on. You're going to come back to your first love like you were when you were 18 years old and you gave your life to Jesus. And you just said, you know what? I just got to tell everybody about him. And now you're about to turn 80. Guess what? You're going to feel like you're 18 again because that's coming back alive on your, in your spirit. Can you say amen? That you're going to begin to just have new hope, new dreams, new vision. Come on, if you're not, if you're still breathing, God's not done with you, Amen. Come on, only believe, man. Only believe, only believe. Man, I feel like I'm back in the 1955's preaching this. Only believe. Come on. Only believe. What's on the inside of you tonight? Huh? What's God doing? He's, he's, he's plowing the ground on the inside of your heart tonight on the first night of revival. He's making a, he's plowing all the junk and everything out of you for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. By the time you get to Friday, you're just ready to just take on the whole world. You're going to look like Superman in the spirit. You're just ready just to take everything out in Jesus' name. And do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Because all of this week means nothing if you're not going to believe God. It won't mean anything. Why come if you're not going to believe? But you're here tonight and you being in these seats tonight proves that you believe God. Proves it. Amen. He's plowing. He's plowing. I feel it in the spirit. He's plowing some junk out of the way. He's He's preparing that flat foundation like they do when they're about to dig the foundation for the property, and they, they get the trees out, and they get them out of there, the shrubs, and they, they push everything out with the big earth-moving equipment. That's what's happening tonight. He's moving all the unbelief and the doubt and the, the, the wet blankets who are telling you you're crazy, and who do you think you are, and God's never going to come through, and all these things, and, and he's getting it out of the way so that God can start building upon the Word of God on your life and start going back to that original construction that he wanted you to be built upon your life which is upon the foundation of the word of God and there's a vision on your life there's a dream on your life can you say amen and it's it's going to happen it's going to be fulfilled it's going to take place yeah. hallelujah that's why these meetings are important it, it gets that junk out of the way so you can flourish like a palm tree for those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish like a palm tree you're planted you're ready to grow Hallelujah. We're just like Pastor was doing physically, literally pulling the weeds and everything. We're pulling the weeds out. We're moving the shrub away. We're watering with the word. Amen. We're, we're fixing everything up so you can believe. Pure believing. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for manifesting yourself here tonight. Lord, we do not take your presence for granted. Lord, I thank you that every person under the sound of my voice expands their believing to another level tonight. Lord, I pray that when they go home and lay their heads on their pillows, Lord, that you would begin to speak to them about certain things that they have maybe lost faith in or have given up on or have thought small and you begin to expand it in their spirit so they can receive more from you, Lord. May not one person listening to me get to heaven and, say, uh, and you say, there was more for you but you didn't believe me for more. But may each person believe God for all that you have in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, before you go, I want you to turn your Bibles... 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We are going to receive an offering tonight uh, to the Lord through our ministry. And what's cool, what I love about this time around coming, and last time was amazing too, but you guys got to actually see and experience our bread and butter of our ministry, which is soul winning. Most most places don't always get to see that because we just come in and do revival services, but I love multiplying Emily and I in other people. And I mean that humbly because somebody took the time to train me and now I get to train you and now you're gonna go win souls, amen? And that's what is so awesome because when you give, you shall receive, amen? And so now is an opportunity to give but it's it's so far beyond just money. Amen. But money is the principal thing. Money is the main is the not the main thing, but money is ah, what's the word? The first thing. Good job. It's the essential thing. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So each one give as he purposes in his heart. Notice how it says that. I'm not going to take long, but I want to mention a couple things out of this. Let each one give as he's purposed in his heart. So I'm not going to get up here and say, we have this need, this need, that need, this need, and please help me. Absolutely not. I, how can I talk about how big and God is and just come up here and talk about all the small things? No. It's as you purpose in your heart. Why? Because you're not giving to me and Emily. You're not giving to Zayner Ministries, though you are in the natural. You're giving to the Lord. Amen. And, prim- and primarily through our ministry, you're giving to souls. Amen. I mean, we had 9,145 decisions before today. After today, we'll add six. So, what is that? 1,000. Where's our math people at? What is that? It should be simple, but 51. 1,151. So, that's where we're at. Amen. And that's only going to increase. But you have to purpose in your heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You're cheerful in your giving because. One, you get to the Lord. The Bible says, here mortal men receive the tithes and offerings, but there in heaven, the Lord is the one who receives. Amen. So you're giving to the Lord first, but you're giving to the heart of God, which is the harvest. Remember I talked about that. Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. Amen. That's why there's such a blessing that comes on pastors and churches when they have evangelists in, because they're literally giving into God's harvest field, which is the world. Because your offering tonight does not just represent the six that were saved today. It's going to represent those who get saved in New Jersey, those who get saved in the other parts of Pennsylvania when we go, those who get saved in Ohio, Indiana, Minnesota, Alaska, all these different places we're going to go, that is represented in your seed. Amen. And so when you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Amen. And so, in other words, you purpose in your heart what to give, and you also purpose in your heart what you're going to receive. Amen. And so, let's continue reading. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. I think it's a good work to win the lost. Amen. I think that's the greatest work. I'm biased, but I think Jesus would agree with me. Soul winning in evangelism is the greatest work you could ever sow into. Amen. And every church should be a soul winning station anyway. So when you give to your church, you're now winning souls. So you it's the same. You get what I'm saying? That's the greatest soil to sow into because that is what this whole thing is all about. And so as you do that, you will have an abundance in everything that you need. Amen. When you release the seed, it will populate for whatever you need as well as furthering the kingdom of God. Now, verse 10 says, now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So, may he who who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. So, what you have in your hand, some of it is seed and some of it is bread. And you need to sow and give what is seed and eat what is bread. Amen. Hallelujah. And as you do, the Bible says he shall supply and multiply. Everybody say supply and multiply. Amen. So in other words, he's not just going to meet your needs. He's going to multiply so you have an abundance to meet the needs of other people. Amen. That's what true prosperity is. is true prosperity is re- meeting the needs of others, not just getting it just for yourself. Amen. And so that's what the Bible says. He shall supply and multiply. One, so he's supplying the seed. He's multiplying the seed back. Amen. That you, may have, or that you may have sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Amen. So in other words it's going to cause thanksgiving. Why? Because when God, when you sow, you shall receive. The Bible says in Luke 6:38, give, pressed t- and you shall receive, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Amen. So why? So it can overflow to others and God can take care of you. Amen. And so when you're giving tonight, you're giving you're giving into good soil number 1 and not because I'm saying it because it's it's all, quote, unquote, our ministry. That's not, what I'm, that's not what I mean. It's literally, you saw today, it's soul winning. And not only that, it's multiplying soul winners. So that number we have is just the people who have came back and like we did today. We had six today. Okay, great, thanks. And that's what I have. But what, you know, you might go out and lead 10,000 people to the Lord or 100 people. I'm not going to get, the, I'm not adding that number to what I'm doing. That's, that's the multiplication that's taking place. Amen. That's what the word is. You sow the word and the word comes back 30, 60, 100 fold, right? It's the same that's true with your finances. When you sow, you will receive. Amen. And so you should do what God puts on your heart. That's why we say ask the Lord what he would have you do and do only that because he's the one who will put it on your heart. Why? Because God never puts it on your heart, a seed on your heart without a harvest in mind. That means he's going to multiply it back. Why? Because if you're faithful with with unrighteous mammon, or in other words, if you're faithful with money, you'll be faithful with the great riches, which is the anointing that we're talking about, right? If you're faithful with your money, he'll make you faithful with the anointing. And I know we all want the anointing. I mean, we were in that song. We were deep in it. But really, it comes back to the principle thing. Are you faithful with your finances? Because if you are, he'll give you the true riches. Amen. And so you need to ask the Lord what he would have you do and just do that. And that's your key. Obedience is your key to your financial breakthrough. Amen? And so I encourage you, ask the Lord right now in your seats, just close your eyes. Because sometimes people don't ask and just say, Lord, what do you want me to give tonight? And then you just do that. Amen? Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the seed that is sown here. Lord, we thank you. As the word of God has gone forth here, we're going to believe you big. Lord, you said only believe. All things are possible to those who believe. And so, Lord, you said in your word, if we sow uh, sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. But if we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. So right now, Father, we thank you that this seed will be multiplied 30, 60, and 100-fold in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZainerMinistries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.